Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us today. We have a fun guest. We're going to have Liliana Esposito, and she is the Chief Corporate Affairs and Sustainability Officer for Wendy's. And back in April, I got a hold of Wendy's 2020 Corporate Responsibility Report, their CSR report. And I noticed that they have got some amazing things going on in terms of their focus on sustainability. It's very comprehensive. Um, we're going to talk to her today about everything from how they're measuring their ESG. Uh, metrics to how they're aligning to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And I'm really excited to have Liliana on the show. Welcome to Go Green Radio, Liliana. We are thrilled that you could join us. Well, thanks so much, Jill. It's really my pleasure to be here. And I'm just so excited that you're interested in hearing about Wendy's corporate responsibility journey. You bet. Well, I'd love to begin by having you talk to us about Wendy's good done right philosophy and how that led the company to set some new goals around sustainability. Absolutely. And, and you know, sustainability and corporate responsibility have been important to Wendy's for, for quite some time. It's, of course, always important that we uh, show up in our communities in, in a way that, that makes them, them better than, than how, we, how, we, how we found them. And Good Done Right is really the, uh, the culmination of, of bringing all of that great work together. Um, and that's our corporate responsibility platform. It really represents our belief that we have an opportunity and that we also have a, a responsibility to bring positive change to the areas that are most material to the Wendy's business and those areas where we can have the greatest impact. And, and really, we, we, we categorize our work in three areas, which are food, people, and footprint. And, you know, certainly doing the right thing and doing that in the right way, you know, that's been at our core since our founder, Dave Thomas, opened the first Wendy's in Columbus, Ohio, more than 50 years ago. Um, but Good Done Right has really allowed us to, to formalize and, and, and bring that work forward. And this past year, we uh, went through a process of conducting materiality assessment. And what, what that did was really look um, across a broad range of stakeholders, internal and external to the company, to determine what were those issues that we had the most, um, had the most material impact to our business and we could have the most material impact on. And based on that, we set some new, uh, pretty aggressive goals in those three areas of, uh, of food, people, and footprint. And so as it relates to food, we made a commitment to responsibly source our top 10 priority food categories by the year 2030. Um, in people, making a commitment to increase the representation of previously underrepresented populations among our company leadership and management, as well as through our franchise community. And Wendy's is, is largely a franchised organization. And then in footprint, two key goals. One, to sustainably source 100% of our customers facing packaging by the year 2026, and then second, committing to set a science-based target for greenhouse gas emissions, which certainly will allow us to benchmark track and ultimately reduce uh, scope one, two, and three GHG emissions across our footprint. 
It's so impressive, Liliana. I mean, you know, a lot of times we think about Wendy's and we've all heard the story of Dave Thomas and his commitment to quality and and good food. And what I love about what your company is doing now is you're taking that same mindset into the 21st century and looking at how can we adapt that same vision into the things that are facing the world, facing people right now. And I really love that. You know, on Go Green Radio, we have been following ESG reporting since its inception, since it first became a thing. Um, and I would love for you to talk to us about what ESG reporting looks like for Wendy's. What types of things are you going to measure under environmental, social, and governance? Absolutely. And, and you know, one of my, uh, you know, you mentioned our founder, Dave Thomas, and one of my favorite quotes from him is that you earn your reputation by the things that you do every day. And so really, I think um, the reporting aspect of ESG work is incredibly important because what it allows you to do um, is hold yourself accountable as an organization um, and also provide a greater public uh, disclosure and transparency around the things that you are doing every day. Um, and so as we think about reporting, we are thinking about it in that, um, that context of food people and footprint. Um, and certainly from a governance perspective, kind of the G of ESG, um, as a publicly traded company, that's been part of our, uh, our disclosure and reporting for, um, you know, the length of our, of our public, um, you know, company journey. And it's really the E and the S, the environmental and social, um, that really crosses across uh, or goes across food, people, and footprint. Um, and so with our 2020 uh, CSR report, which, as you mentioned, just came out last month, that was the first time that we had uh, formalized our reporting um, against the, the, the major third-party reporting framework. So in particular, um, the GRI framework and the, the FASB framework. And, and we know that that's important to a lot of stakeholders. Um, you know, they may not, um, we hope that they take the time to read um, the full content of our um, reporting and our website and, and, and our blog and, and other materials that we put out. But we also know that it's important to have uh, kind of a quick reference um, to those external standards. And so that's what we did uh, for the first time um, for the first time uh, in 2021, covering our 2020 um, our 2020 performance, and then actually this this summer for the first time. Um, specific to the environmental um, area, we will be reporting to the CDP climate questionnaire, um, which we really do believe that that's a leading disclosure practice for environmental reporting in particular. So that will cover our 2020 data. That's awesome. That's amazing. Now, I'd love for you, because you are a food company, to talk to us in depth about Wendy's food vision and particularly how animal welfare is part of your focus. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And, uh, we're really proud of our food vision. And for us, what, what we call our food vision, fast food done right. Um, and what that means for us, it's, it's really our approach to quality. And we really do believe that, that a key differentiator of Wendy's, uh, in the, in the space that we operate has always been and will continue to be, uh, the quality of our food. And so we define that as food that's real, uh, that's fresh that's craveable, uh, forward-leaning, so we're always uh, looking at uh, what's next and what consumers are looking for, but at the same time, doesn't cost a fortune. We want our food to be, you know, very accessible to everybody, and obviously, a big part of our um, of our menu includes uh, things like hamburgers and chicken sandwiches uh, and bacon, uh, who are, we're, you know, certainly uh, known for our bacon credentials, uh, and we know that that comes from animals, and so, you know, at heart, we believe that the best 
quality food comes from animals that are healthy and well cared for. And that's really the, the, the central component of our animal welfare programs, um, which have been in place for a long time. You know, we were one of the first um, companies in the industry um, to set up an animal welfare council that's been in place. Uh, we have an expert council of internal um, and external animal welfare um experts, uh, that's been in place since 2001. Um, we've recently revamped that to ensure that we're bringing in expertise in areas that are emerging in importance. And that may be uh, housing practices for animals. It may be the use of antibiotics um, and other, you know, medical therapies. Um, but that's really a key component for, you know, everything that we do. And we know that today, consumers care more than ever about where their food comes from. So not just uh, how it tastes and not just, you know, what it costs, but also where it comes from. And if it came from an animal, how that animal was treated. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we've long had uh, practices and auditing standards to ensure that animals were treated humanely within our supply chain. And frankly, that's just table stakes. You know, the, the, um, the idea that an animal would be treated any other way would just not be, would just not be acceptable. But what we did last year is actually take that a step further. And we put in place, uh, and you can see it in our CSR report, uh, what we call the Wendy's Animal Care Standards Program. And mm-hmm. what that is, is we look across all of our protein suppliers. So across uh, beef, chicken, pork, um, now that we serve breakfast uh, in the United States, uh, increasingly we have a lot of eggs in our supply chain. But we look across all of the suppliers and the facilities that we use to produce those products, and we're doing a comprehensive uh, assessment and accounting of all of the the farm conditions, the um, handling practices, um, anything related to animal welfare within that, within our supply chain. And what that allows us to do and will allow us to do going forward is not just ensure that um, basic standards are being met, but we have a lot of suppliers that are going above and beyond. And, you know, they're, they're, they're investing in more progressive animal handling practices. Um, they're really, uh, they're investing in science and research so that they can understand uh, how to continuously improve. And by tracking all of those practices across our supply chain, it's going to give us the ability to reward and recognize those suppliers that are helping us be even better. Um, and, and we expect that over the next couple of years, we'll be able to develop through this program a really comprehensive accounting um, of all of those animal welfare practices uh, within our supply chain. Well, and because you have such a big supply chain, you're, you're going to move the whole industry. You're going to move the needle in the whole industry. I love that. I think that's uh, really, really important. Um, you know, a big part of measuring sustainability is the social impact that a company has. Talk to us about Wendy's commitment to its employees, suppliers, and other partners. Yeah, you know, first and foremost, this is a people business. And, and so everything that we do starts with our people and, and, and everyone has a, has a role to play in, in how our company and our brand is, is ultimately going to be successful. And so, and, and at the heart of being a successful people operation is uh, having a culture and an environment where people are really um, encouraged um, and feel welcome to bring their full selves to work every day. Um, and so we, we often say that, you know, we have each other's backs um, and that Wendy's is a family. And ultimately that is what, you know, that's what helps us succeed. Uh, but we also know that there's more, um, there's more that we can do. And that's why um, the people area was a key uh, area of goal setting for us in this, in this uh, most recent CSR report. And that we have set a goal to increase the representation 
of previously underrepresented populations. And that's among our company's leadership and management, um, as well as through our franchise community. And so whether by uh, race, race, ethnicity, gender, um, that's an important um, area for us to continue to focus on uh, at all levels of the organization. Um, you know, one of the significant um, steps that we took, which I'm so thrilled about, is welcomed um, a wonderful new colleague to, uh, to our Wendy's family, Dr. Beverly Stallings-Johnson. Uh, and she joined us earlier this year uh, to lead our diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, efforts. And for the first time, uh, she's our chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer for, um, for Wendy's. And, and along with that, as we uh, reported on this goal, we also felt it was important to provide some public disclosure around where are we today. And so if you look at our uh, corporate responsibility report this year, uh, what you'll see is some pretty detailed demographic information um, by, uh, by race, by gender, and also by level in the company uh, or in the organization. And we'll continue to update, update that information every year so that all of our, you know, key stakeholders and, um, you know, and consumers can see exactly how we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that's really a big point of pride for our employees as well. Well, it is impressive, and it's really easy to find Wendy's CSR report. You can literally Google Wendy's CSR 2020, and you can find the report. And it's it's very easy to read. It's beautifully laid out, and you can see this transparency, and, and you've got to be doing things right to be bold enough to put it all out there for everyone to see. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have much more to talk about with Liliana Esposito and the Wendy's Sustainability Commitment. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And if you're just now tuning in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Liliana Esposito. She is the Chief Corporate Affairs and Sustainability Officer for Wendy's. You know Wendy's. They're in every neighborhood. Fast food done right. And we're going to be talking about Wendy's commitment to sustainability. Liliana, I would love for you to talk to us about Wendy's Squarely Sustainable Program. Well, happy to do that, Jill. And and the first thing you should know about Wendy's is that uh, we never let a good pun go to waste. And so um, <laughs> Wendy's is certainly known for our square hamburgers. And, and, and the story of that is that our founder, Dave Thomas, said, we never cut corners. So our hamburgers will always be square. <laughs> um, and so as, as we thought about our sustainability program, we thought squarely sustainable was a, a great way to, to talk about it. And, you know, one of the, the uh, programs within squarely sustainable that I'm so, um, you know, proud and pleased about, we started it about a couple of years ago in, in 2019. And we had this idea that for our restaurant support center, which is in Dublin, Ohio, just north of Columbus, uh, that, that there was more that we could do to engage our employees around our mission of sustainability, that it wasn't just about our restaurants and our supply chain, but also what our employees could do. And so we put out a call to see if we had some employees interested um, in getting involved in a squarely sustainable council. And honestly, we were overwhelmed by the number of employees <laughs> who wanted to engage. Um, and so that's just more confirmation to us that what we're doing, um, of course, is important to the company and important to the way we engage in our communities. But it's also a really helpful way for us to keep our employees um, engaged and motivated uh, because so many employees do care very much that the, the company they work for um, is not just uh, successful in its performance, but is also uh, really giving back and doing its part uh, for the environment and for the society around us. And so, you know, that brings a lot of pride for us, but the Squarely Sustainable Council has been doing some great work. Um, you know, they, we have a new in-house cafe that was constructed at our headquarters and with the council's help, we ensured that um, that operator, as they were brought on board, they had really specific sustainability criteria. Um, we use reusable, um, you know, serving uh, servingware and utensils. Um, we've got sustainable packaging um, that they're using in that ca- cafe. Uh, we celebrated Earth Week this week, um, throughout the week, uh, and then have a lot of other employee volunteer activities and other, you know, educational events. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's not just something that the corporate office is doing. It's something that everybody can get involved with. I I think that's phenomenal. I I really like the fact that Wendy's has aligned its food, people, and footprint goals to the UN's sustainable development goals. Tell us which SDGs you'll work towards with your food vision. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I think the UN Sustainable Development Goals are such a, uh, you know, such an important framework and, and, and so easy to understand. Um, and, and also to, uh, to align around. And so out of the, the 17 uh, global issues that the, the UN SDGs identified, we identified that there really were um, seven that were most, um, you know, kind of materially impactful to Wendy's. And so within food, um, responsible consumption and production and zero hunger um, are our focus areas um, in the people pillar, um, decent work and economic growth, reducing inequalities and partnership for the goals. And then under footprint, being focused on the climate action and the life on land, SGGs are, are where we're focusing our energy. That's awesome. And, and what are some of the ways that you'll be measuring each of those um, you know, categories and, and how will you report, or maybe this is something you don't know yet, but what do you expect to do to be able to report on your progress towards those goals? 
Yeah, you, you know, Jill, I think that the nice thing is that the goals are, um, you know, the goals are pretty universal. And so we see, um, as we have set goals um, in areas, so let's take, for instance, under the, um, the food pillar, the responsible con- consumption and production um, sustainable development goal. Well, we have now a goal to uh, responsibly source 100% of our top 10 priority food categories um, by the year 2030. And so certainly that's directly related to the responsible consumption and production goal. And so we will report, um, you know, both annually within our corporate responsibility report, um, as well as, you know, on other intervals um, as we need to. So for instance, one of the, um, one of the goals that we have set is that for our protein supply chain, so for beef pork and chicken, um, we've set a goal, which is a pretty aggressive goal, um, to uh, phase out or eliminate the, the routine use of antibiotics in livestock mm-hmm. um, by the year 2030. And so every year until we get to that goal, we'll be reporting um, on our progress against that. And so each of the goals will have their, um, their reporting framework um, that's appropriate to that. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. That's perfect. And I've been seeing more and more companies um, beginning to do that, beginning to align certain product lines or certain programs to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And I think it's exactly like what you said. It's so easy for people to understand when you see a goal like zero hunger, that really gives you a very clear picture of a world, you know, that that we should strive for. And I, I think it's really, really encouraging to see a fast food company like your your own that's been around for such a long time, um, again, taking these 21st century steps um, to, to, to be very now in your vision. I think that's amazing. One of the things that I'm really interested in, and mostly because supply chain is pillow talk in my household. My husband is a senior vice president of global supply chain for his company. So when we talk about supply chain, um, <laughs> this is, this is uh, table talk around my household. Um, talk, can you talk to us in, in more detail about some of the things that you're doing in your supply chain to ensure that it delivers up really high quality and safe food? You know, we've, we've seen so many instances where, um, you know, there have been recalls or there have been, you know, different times when, when the food uh, industry has had difficulty with high quality and safe food. What are you doing in your supply chain that's really focused on those things? Yeah, it's it's so incredibly important. You're absolutely right, Jill. And 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 at Wendy's, you know, the the motto that hangs on the door of all of our restaurants is that quality is our recipe. Um, and I like to say that the first ingredient in that recipe is safety, um, because uh, you know, food safety is absolutely um, you know paramount, and just table stakes, and it, and it's an area that that you can never. Um, you, you can never take for granted. And so certainly producing high-quality food, producing that um, food responsibly, um, delivering it in a way that consumers can feel really great about, and they have transparency in terms of how it was handled on its mm-hmm. journey, where it came from, um, that's, that's incredibly important to us. And, and as we look at food safety, um, this is an area where we invest heavily as a company. Um, and I'm really proud to, to oversee our quality assurance function at Wendy's, um, which is responsible from absolutely farm to fork. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, implementing standards and, um, you know, analyzing, um, you know, information and practices from the point of uh, the earliest point in the supply chain 
um, ultimately until it's, uh, you know, uh, prepared in a restaurant and served to a customer. Um, and, and that's just, you know, that, like I said, that, that is table stakes. Um, and the past couple of years, we've actually taken that um, even further with um, technology's help. And so, uh, you know, we, we have created a new digital system that we call WeSafe, um, and that's helped us really streamline the supply chain data and all of the tracking processes that we need uh, to manage our quality assurance program. And so it integrates all of the unique data streams that me- measure, um, you know, our key menu items as they make their way through the supply chain to our restaurants. And so, you know, just, you know, broad numbers. Last year, we had more than 11 million data points that we uploaded into that WeSafe database. And so wow. um, that's really important to us from a supply chain perspective. Um, absolutely. Uh, and then the, the, the other thing is that we, as we look at the restaurant level, you know, ensuring that food is, um, you know, safely handled and prepared and served um, is critical as well. And so uh, we saw an opportunity to just reinforce even more training and cleaning procedures for our operations. And so in this last year, we expanded a relationship that we already had with Ecolab, which is, you know, clearly a a global food safety expert. And now, in addition to providing all of our cleaning materials and systems for our restaurants, um, they also are helping us raise the bar even further through, you know, some pretty sophisticated public health technology, um, doing safety benchmarking, and also doing regular evaluations within our restaurants. That is pretty amazing. And, And, you know, everybody has their own how we made it through covid you know, stories. Um, how, how, how did you guys make it through? How, what was your, what was your focus, um, especially in terms of the sustainability uh, piece? I'm sure the people part of it really came to the forefront. How, how did you manage? You know, it, it obviously has been quite a, uh, you know, quite a, a year and a half for, for everybody. And, and I just couldn't be more proud um, to be part of the Wendy system and how we navigated through, um, you know, the earliest days up until the, you know, the current day. And, and as you said, people was absolutely the, the, the first and foremost priority, ensuring that we could, um, that we could operate our restaurants in a way that kept our employees and our customers safe. Um, that we had access to, uh, you know, PPE and ev- everything that our employees needed to be able to, you know, operate safely in that environment. Um, we very quickly pivoted our operational procedures. Um, we had the benefit of having drive-throughs at the vast majority of our restaurants. Um, and so in most cases, we moved to a drive-through only model and, and also really leaned into our digital channels as, as consumers were looking more and more for, you know, contact lists, um, you know, ordering options where they could um, get delivery, they could get drive-through, they could get curbside, um, you know, service. Uh, and just really, um, you know, making an effort to um, to really be a be a service to our customers at a time that was that obviously had so much uncertainty around it. Um, and within our supply chain, it was a partnership. And and I'm sure you know you mentioned your your husband's role. Um, you know, supply chain was um, disrupted in many ways. And so we stayed in you know at, I mean hourly, um, you know, oftentimes minute by minute contact with our suppliers to ensure um, that everything that they were doing was keeping their team safe and and that also we. Could could ensure, you know, a consistent high quality supply for what we needed. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would say that, that looking back on it, um, it feels like it was, you know, yesterday and a lifetime ago all at the same time, um, yeah. but have been been very encouraged by how the Wendy system really came together throughout COVID and continues to as we as we get our operations back to, you know, quote unquote normal. Well, and I have to give mad props to whoever does your Twitter account, because in addition to keeping us well fed with safe quality food, 
you kept us well entertained as well. The, your Twitter uh, feed is off the hook. We love it. Uh, all of us here at Voice America love it. I'm sure that a lot of uh, folks would join me in, in giving a big, big clap to your Twitter, whoever handles that. It's amazing. It's a fantastic team. I won't, um, I won't reveal their identities, but I'm glad that you're followers. Um, also, <laughs> just a plug, we actually are um, launching in the UK next week. Um, and so just yesterday, we launched our Wendy's UK Twitter handle as well. So you can go ahead and follow <laughs> that one also. We will. We absolutely will. We've got to take a quick, quick commercial break. But when we come back, we have so much more to talk about with Liliana Esposito um, from Wendy's. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am so glad you're with us, and I'm also thrilled to death to have Liliana Esposito with us, the Chief Corporate Affairs and Sustainability Officer for Wendy's. They are doing it right, and you've got to check out their CSR report. I know, I know you guys think that I'm the only geek around here, but I'm telling you, you'll become one, too. You'll love reading these reports if you check it out. Just Google Wendy's CSR Report 2020, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's great. Great information. It's well laid out. You will enjoy. So, uh, Liliana, I want to talk to you about why Wendy's is investing in produce that's grown in greenhouses. Talk to us about the upshot of procuring produce using this method. You know, it's one of my my favorite topics, Jill, and and I love to talk about it. Uh, and and 
One thing that, that people may not realize is, you know, Wendy's, of course, is known for our hamburgers and specifically our fresh, never frozen hamburgers. But what that allowed that way back in 1969, when Dave Thomas uh, first founded Wendy's, it meant that we were getting fresh hamburger patty deliveries to our restaurants multiple times a week. And Dave Thomas also believes that a hamburger wasn't complete unless it also had fresh lettuce and tomato and onions and pickles on it. And so, uh, you know, fresh produce has been part of our supply chain way back, uh, you know, to the 1960s. Um, and so we're constantly looking for ways to continually uh, improve the quality um, of that fresh produce. And one of the more recent opportunities that we've um, that we found that we're so excited about is greenhouse farming. Um, and uh, we started to get into um, greenhouse-grown produce specific to tomatoes several years ago. And some of that was really driven by supply chain challenges, uh, you know, outdoor uh, kind of traditional field growing um, was pretty susceptible to uh, extreme weather events. And unfortunately, as we've seen the impacts of of climate change, um, those weather events seem to be getting more severe and more uh, more frequent. And so we actually uh, started moving into a greenhouse environment for our tomatoes based on some supply chain challenges. But what we found when we got into that environment was that we really loved the quality, loved the flavor, and there were also all of these sustainability benefits that came along with it uh, in terms of, you know, less water use. In most cases, they're using, you know, little or no pesticides. Um, they have full environmental control over the environment, and so you don't have um, contamination and, and some of those uh, types of environmental um, concerns. And so, you know, we saw an opportunity, and, and back in 2018, we announced that we would transition all of our tomatoes uh, purchased for North America, so the U.S. and Canada for us, um, to hydroponic greenhouse sources. And so we completed that transition in 2019. You know, for the last two years, we've been um, buying only uh, tomatoes from greenhouses. And uh, it's just been a really fantastic experience for us. And we're just more bullish about this indoor um, indoor agriculture space. Um, and so we took it a step further last year. We actually transitioned all of the lettuce that we serve in our restaurants in Canada um, to greenhouse-grown lettuce as well. So it's 100% Canadian, 100% greenhouse-grown. Um, the suppliers are able to capture, you know, waste heat and carbon dioxide. They're reducing emissions. Um, saving water. So it really just does have a, a fantastic, um, you know, runway ahead of it, we think. And, and we're excited about what the additional opportunities might be in the future. That's amazing. And, and something that I really hadn't considered, but as many tomatoes and, and heads of lettuce as you must go through, um, having a reliable, you know, supply chain that isn't you know, going to be impacted by, I mean, gosh, when you look at the drought monitor map of the United States right now, and the most of the Western U.S. is under drought conditions, that is enough alone um, to to drive you in this direction. But this is such a smart, smart forward thinking thing that you guys are doing. Your 2020 CSR report mentions coffee, and it also mentions palm oil. Talk to us about Wendy's goals with both of these commodities. Sure. Um, and, and Jill, as I mentioned a little earlier, we have set a goal to responsibly source our top 10 food categories. Um, and coffee and oils are two of those top 10. And so we certainly will have um, some really specific criteria around environmental and so- social 
um, responsibility efforts in those areas, uh, you know, some of which we've already identified and some of which will still be to come. Um, starting first with coffee, and, and it's interesting, if you look just at our, our spend, and generally the, the, the ingredients that are on that top 10 list for us are the things that we buy the most of, you know, they're the things that we're the most material user of. Um, coffee actually wouldn't make it on that list on its own, but coffee is really a, um, it's a, it's a commodity that we're buying more of today, and that's really because we launched breakfast in all of our U.S. restaurants last year. Um, that was a major undertaking for the business, um, but we know that coffee is a, um, you know, is a food, is a commodity that does have environmental and social, um, you know, risks and issues attached to it, and so we wanted to be really clear that coffee was included in that key um, list of ingredients, and so uh, when we launched breakfast, um, we ensured that, you know, all of the coffee that we serve in the U.S., um, as well as in Canada, and even in our restaurants that don't serve breakfast, which our Canadian ones don't, they still have coffee as a beverage, um, and all of that coffee is sort sourced from uh, Rainforest Alliance certified farms. So that gives us, you know, really good confidence around the standards that are in place for protecting wildlands, waterways, um, as well as certainly the rights and welfare of, you know, workers and communities. Um, as it relates to palm oil, um, you know, interestingly, you know, globally, Wendy's is actually not a very large user of palm oil. Um, it's, it's just not a, a major part of our supply chain, but we certainly recognize the importance of the issue, and, and we're committed to what palm oil we do use. We're using it in a way that's been sourced, you know, responsibly and sustainably. So, you know, in the U.S. and Canada, which is where the vast majority of our restaurants are, um, palm oil is an ingredient in a few products like cookies and oatmeal bars. Um, and then in other countries, um, in Latin America and Asia, um, some of those restaurants do use palm oil as a, a cooking oil, as well as as an ingredient in certain products. So uh, we joined the Roundtable for Sustainable Palm Oil in 2015. And uh, since then, we've been reporting annually um, through their annual communication of progress. And then we also share our progress through the World Wildlife Fund's um, buyer scorecard. Great, great. We did a whole show on palm oil a few months ago, and you know, I heard that. that. I heard that. Very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that's wonderful that Wendy's is is joining in that movement to to take palm oil in a in a more sustainable direction. So really applaud your efforts there. You know, we've been hearing a lot lately around you know PFAS and other issues in fast food packaging, and I'd love to know what Wendy's goals are around sustainable packaging that covers such a wide range of things from, you know, the waste that's generated to what's in it to, you know, all of the the different options that we have around packaging. What are your goals around sustainable packaging? Sure. And, and, and our overarching goal is that by 2026, we will sustainably source 100% of our customer-facing packaging. And the way we uh, have defined that is that we will be transitioning to options that, uh, you know, cover a few categories. So uh, they may have higher recycled content. Um, they may use fewer raw materials, so limiting waste. Um, they may be recyclable, compostable, or reusable. Um, they'll be sourced from areas that do not contribute to deforestation. Um, and they'll adhere to an established um, list of restricted substances that we are, you know, that we are putting together. And certainly PFASs are on that restricted substance list. And the good news is um, that's not, um, you know, really very prevalent in our packaging today. Um, but we've made a commitment that we will, um, you know, completely eliminate them by the end. Um, you know, by the end of this year. And so, um, you know, we know that our customers, you know, care about this issue. We know that they don't just care about what we serve. They care about 
what we serve it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's really, you know, we've got a, a whole cross-functional team that's working on this, um, you know, looking at the sustainability of packaging. Um, it's not an easy topic. You know, there's, there's a lot mm-hmm. of functionality that you need to make sure that you, you know, maintain. You know, no one wants their cup to fall apart on them when, you know, it's right. in their, in their car holder. And, and, um, but, but we do know that we, we, um, you know, have a responsibility in this area. So we're really, um, we're really looking forward to the, to the journey ahead. Yeah. And, you know, it's not something that any one entity can do alone. I mean, it really is a much larger issue than, you know, than any one company. And I think it is all about the journey. I mean, it's one of the things that a lot of people don't even realize is that even just in discarding packaging, it's zip code specific um, when it comes to what is recyclable, what is compostable, and Wendy's is all over the place, like a lot of large companies. So even just the disposal sure. of p- packaging is is a highly, you know, regional issue. It's 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 difficult. It's difficult. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that Wendy's is going to be benchmarking and tracking your scope one, two, and three greenhouse gas emissions, and, th- and that you're using the carbon disclosure project, the CDP, as your third-party uh, disclosure um, option. So, talk to us a little bit more about how you'll be doing that and, and what you're looking uh, to report on as the years go by on this. Certainly. And, and for a number of years now, we've been, um, in North America reporting on our, um, our energy use in our, in our company operations. And then we've also, um, had a number of franchisees that have participated in this as well, um, through the Better Buildings Challenge. And I think, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that, um, in a minute. But what we saw last year as we were setting our, um, our goals around footprint, um, was really an opportunity to take our energy, um, management and, um, reporting a step further. Um, and, and complete our, uh, a, a more comprehensive greenhouse gas inventory. And so, uh, in 2020, and that's, uh, you know, we reported that in our, um, CSR report, we measured our scope one and two emissions of natural gas, of propane, um, gasoline, and electric power. And so that covered all of our company operated restaurants. Um, as well as fleet vehicles, you know, our corporate offices, um, you know, for calendar year 2019. Um, and then by the end of this year, we're taking that another step further um, to start looking at scope three. And so for us, that's largely going to be our supply chain. Um, and so we're going to be conducting a life, uh, life cycle assessment of our scope three, including supply chain emissions. Um, and that will obviously include impacts of, you know, agriculture, you know, land use, um, et cetera. And then, as I mentioned uh, before, we'll report to um, CDP for the climate section this year. And then as we go forward, we anticipate that our scope three will be added, um, you know, to that in future years as well. Um, um, and then we'll be going through the process of setting a science-based target um, with the science-based target initiative that will, of course, you know, cover scopes one, two, and three as well. That is so inspiring. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about your involvement in the Better Buildings Challenge. Love that program. Yeah, it's a great program. And, and you know, it's a program um, that the U.S. Department of Energy has sponsored for, you know, many years. Um, we joined it in 2015, and we were one of the first restaurant brands to sign on to it. Um, and we were the first restaurant company to include our franchisees in the challenge. And, you know, as I mentioned before, um, you know, about 95% of Wendy's restaurants in the world are owned by franchisees. And so we know um, that there's a lot that we can do from the company side, but it's also really important for our franchisees to be um, along for the journey as well. And so we've got about 1,400 restaurants today that currently participate in the Better Buildings Challenge. And what the challenge is, is, um, you know, it's a voluntary commitment 
to reduce your energy consumption by uh, 20% by the year 2025. Um, And so, you know, last year, um, you know, we reported that we've already gotten to a 15% reduction um, against our baseline. And so we'll continue to move forward um, in, in, uh, you know, in pursuit of that goal. And then we actually just signed up for another um, pilot program uh, that the Department of Energy is sponsoring, looking at low and no carbon um, operations. And so um, so we just kicked off that process, and we'll have a couple of restaurants um, in that pilot as well. And that helps every single community where you have a Wendy's location participating because every single community is trying to bring down its energy load, to bring down its community greenhouse gas emissions. And so you're partnering with every municipality out there that's trying to meet a climate action plan uh, goal. And that's fantastic. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we have much more. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. We are having a great time today talking with Liliana Esposito, the Chief Corporate Affairs and Sustainability Officer for Wendy's. Um, Liliana, you know, I live in California, and so water is on the tip of everyone's tongues. It's a big deal to conserve water right now. We're in another extremely dry year. How is Wendy's addressing water conservation? Yeah, water conservation is such a, an important topic, Jill, as, as you mentioned. And, of course, water is a necessary part of any food service business like Wendy's, you know, whether it's preparing mm-hmm. food, cleanliness, sanitation, um, you know, your heating and cooling needs. Um, but I think the key for us is working to eliminate water waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and innovate better ways to use uh, the resources that we need when, you know, wherever we can. And so, you know, another area that we partnered with the um, Department of Energy, um, they have a Better Buildings Water Challenge. Um, and so um, we joined that and set a goal to reduce the water use in our U.S. company restaurants by 20 percent um, by the year 2029. Um, and uh, last year, I'm happy to report that we've already re- achieved a 15 percent reduction um, wow. against our baseline. And we're, you know, really feel like we're on track 
you know, to meeting that, that goal. Um, and at the same time, you know, we've been looking at where there are things like equipment upgrades that we can, we can make. So for instance, we've converted to, um, a new automated dishwashing, you know, equipment platform. And when those get implemented, um, they reduce average water use for dishwashing by like 47% per cycle. So, um, we also look at, you know, irrigation for landscaping and things like that, that, um, you know, it's important for the restaurant to look beautiful, but oftentimes water can be wasted in those, um, um, you know, in those operations. And so we're piloting some smart irrigation systems that will help, you know, automatically adjust the water used, um, you know, based on weather and soil conditions and things like that. That's awesome. That's so important. Everybody's got to do their part. And I don't think that this water issue is um, is going away. <laughs> it looks as though this is going to be a perpetual issue for a while here, at least in the western part of the U.S. So we appreciate every company, everybody doing their part. You know, food waste is a growing area of concern. And it's not just because, um, you know, it, it creates methane when it goes to landfills. But, you know, we have people who are hungry in our country. And so food waste is just, it's just so egregious, you know, when when we have perfectly good edible food that could be, it's something else could be done with it besides sending it to the landfill. Um, And I know it's really difficult. You're under a lot of public health constraints, but how is Wendy's working on this issue of eliminating food waste? Yeah, it's really, it's really one that the entire, um, you know, anyone involved in the food, um, you know, business needs to be concerned about. You know, if you talk to my husband and my kids, they would tell you that I'm the, the master of leftovers because I cannot stand <laughs> to throw anything out of the refrigerator. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as far as Wendy's, you know, the, the good news is that with, you know, our focus on, you know, fresh ingredients and the fact that our food's really made to order every day, um, we have a pretty efficient, you know, food distribution and operations system. And we actually don't waste, um, you know, a, a lot um, mm-hmm. as it compares to, you know, other types of food service operations. But that said, everybody has an opportunity to, um, you know, to minimize food waste. And so one of the things that we've done in this area um, is we partnered with our local solid waste authority here in central Ohio. Um, and they were piloting a food waste diversion program that we were, you know, really thrilled to be a part of. And so what we first did is, um, you know, audit all of the waste that we have in our restaurants. And, you know, they confirmed to us, yes, we didn't have a, you know, a, a tremendous amount that was available to, um, you know, to donate, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. But we did identify some opportunities for diversion. And so it mm-hmm. really allowed us to, um, you know, to look at where we could divert either to composting or to recycling as opposed to everything mm-hmm. going, um, going to landfill. So now using what we found, um, we're now exploring how we can, um, you know, how we can really put these diversion approaches in place at scale for us. Well, and what I love hearing in every answer that you've given us today, Liliana, it's based on data. Um, You guys are really taking a very smart, very science-based approach. You gather the data and make decisions on that. What a novel concept. And and I really respect the way that your company is approaching this. It's very... um, it's very precise. It's very data-driven. And I think, you know, great results are going to come from that type of approach. One of the things that I, I loved reading about in your CSR report is just what a generous community-based giving program Wendy's has. And I'd love to give you an opportunity to tell us more about that because, of course, you know, people are a big part of your sustainability plan. Talk to us about your community-based giving program. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, one of our core values is to give something back. And that's something that we, um, you know, we always strive to do. Um, you know, you may have seen that our, you know, really our signature um, charitable partner is the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. And we are mm-hmm. um, just, just absolutely um, in lockstep with the foundation. I'm, I'm happy to serve on the board of the foundation uh, because we know that there are so many children um, in foster care today. Uh, that, that are in need of a permanent loving home. And, and that continues to be um, the mission within our restaurants and within our, within our system. Um, last year, we announced a, a new community-based giving program that allowed us to take that Give Something Back mission um, a bit further. And so um, we identified um, through our, um, all of our employees, we asked our employees and our franchisees to nominate organizations throughout our restaurant footprint um, that would um, support our um, commitment to support uh, social, social justice, youth, and education in the black community. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've expanded that um, also this year. And so already a couple dozen charitable organizations have um, have benefited from this approach. And we're right now in the next cycle um, and, and in the next couple of months, we'll be announcing a new round um, of grants. And, you know, the, the financial commitment is important, but what's more important to us is the partnership and the ability to, you know, identify new organizations that are doing great work in their communities that we can, we can help be a part of. I love that. You know, I, I want to ask a question that's a little bit off the beaten path, but but related. Um, a lot of our listeners um, are vegetarians. Some have gone vegan, um, but they still like fast food. <laughs> are there any, uh, you know, programs coming out, any possibilities that there might be some more things on the menu for those who, who don't eat hamburgers and, and chicken sandwiches? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we, we always try to have a, a wide variety of menu options and certainly, you know, our salads, which, which can be ordered without the absolutely. chicken, um, you know, baked potatoes, things like that have always been, um, you know, great options. Um, but we're continually, um, you know, focused on this area. And we do think that plant-based um, products are um, an important piece. We want to do it the Wendy's way. Um, we have previously um, tested a black bean burger, um, which is a great product. It was one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> operationally, it wasn't um, the best fit for us, um, but we're, we continue to look at um, what might be the right time for us to launch a plant-based product, you know, nationally in the U.S. Um, or and, and certainly elsewhere in the world, um, you know, are already doing that. I, I mentioned that we're, um, you know, launching, um, you know, in the UK next week, and we anticipate having some plant-based options on the menu there already. Nice. That's great to hear. Well, uh, we want to make sure that we let everybody know when that when that occurs. So in the final moments that we have left in the show, Liliana, what parting thoughts would you like to leave with our listeners? Well, first, I'd like to just leave a thought with you, Jill, which is just to thank you for um, your interest and for allowing me to uh, bring this information to your, you know, to your listeners. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great time to be at Wendy's. I know I'm kind of a, a commercial for the, you know, for the company, but we're just so proud of, um, you know, the, the, the food that we serve and, and the way that we do it. Um, but it is important for companies to continue to raise the bar in terms of the way um, we're doing that in a way that, that makes our customers confident about the responsibility that the, that the company is applying. So hopefully we've done that. Um, we certainly encourage any kind of feedback, um, you know, that we can get through our, you know, our customer channels or our website or our blog. Um, and just really appreciate the time to, to talk about it today. 
Well, and we really appreciate it as well. And it sounds like Wendy's is a really great place to work. And so, you know, some of our listeners are our students, the, they want to get into sustainability, and they don't know, you know, what kind of path they should take. Do you have a, a little bit of advice for them if, if they are thinking about maybe getting into a sustainability related job in your industry? You know, I, I think it's a great time. And the fact that this is, um, you know, such a focus for so many companies, I actually just added um, a director of uh, corporate responsibility position to my team, um, added a, a, you know, more junior level position uh, related to sustainability last year. So I can't say I have any open jobs right now, um, but I will say that there are jobs out there. And, and this is an area that a lot of companies um, are investing more resources in because they know that they, um, you know, that they know that they, um, you know, they need to do that. So I think the yep. time is, you know, the time is perfect for those that are interested in that field. Well, I love it. And thank you so much, Liliana, for being with us. Thank you to our listeners. We're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.